The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour With your hosts Joe Bob Ah, you're awful And A.J. Applegar all right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me, as usual, my co-host AJ Abergarth in a new uh, new spot, new yes. locale, new locale. Yeah, shocking, <laughs> shocking. Uh, I would change. But this is actually a new locale, not just you just decided to like tilt the camera differently or something. But yeah. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. This is uh, this is going to be my my new zone. Um, yeah, I decided to pull myself out of the uh, the doldrums of not enough egress to get to where I was before. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. You know, I got to change every like three months. So sure. Yeah, whatever, man. Do, do your thing. Um, all right. So tonight we're going to be talking uh, pitcher or not pit, I want to say pitchers and catchers. I wish we were talking pitchers and catchers, but we're not. Thanks. Uh, thanks, MLB. Uh, but catchers in first base position preview. Um, but before we get moon here, you got some business to take care of. Uh, just want to remind everybody hit that subscribe button, that like button, follow, leave those, uh, leave those reviews. Uh, we, we greatly appreciate it. And, um, yeah, you know, AJ, I, you know, I, I've been, I've been dealing with some, some trades here and there, uh, in a couple of my leagues, especially my dynasty league. Uh, and, uh, dude, all I can say is how much I really appreciate Fantrax being the site that all of my leagues are run, most of my leagues are run on. Not all of them, most yes. of them. Man, like I, I love it. Um, everything's open all the time. I don't have to wait. Uh, and you know, we set up the fantasy six pack series. And, you know, the the customization I was able to do there for that, and just just to make it a little different than than some of the other industry leagues out there. Uh, you know. F- not because I didn't, you know, I don't want to just be like a carbon copy of, of, you know, those leagues that are out there. So I uh, wanted to make sure we were able yeah. to do something different. And that, and that's why we chose Fantrax. And um, look, I, I, uh, I think, you know, if you are, are starting a new league or, you know, you're kind of sick of the same old, same old, you want to change it up. This is the place to go, man. And, and you should do, you should change over right now. Fantrax.com slash fantasy six pack. Um, go ahead and create your accounts. Um, and it, it's free guys. That's, that's the other thing. So the, the leagues are free. They do have, you know, some premium options, but honestly, I've really never had to use them. Um, I've wanted to use like one or two of them, but there's ways around it. So you just don't have to worry about it. So you can do it for free. Um, Again, yeah, the customization and the, and the player pool there that they have is just unmatched, in my opinion, compared to the other you know standard sites that are out there. But um, without further ado, let, let's get moving along here and do our beer of the week. Mm, beer. All right, what you got, AJ? I think we both got pretty funny names. <laughs> named beer this week, actually, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh... Tonight I'm uh, I'm drinking. I think this is the last of my four pack of the shake what your mama gave you uh, nice. milkshake IPA. Fitting name, of course. It's a limited release from Smut Labs, which is the uh, Smutty Nose Brewing Company. Um, 
it's delicious. I, I haven't even cracked this one open yet, but like I said, this is the last of the ones that I bought, so uh, I already... Uh, you already, yeah, you already know what, what, what you're getting I already know that into. I like it, so... Good stuff. Uh, so I am drinking a beer that I picked up for the Super Bowl, um, and it is from Tripping Animals Brewing. It's in Florida, actually, um, but the the place over in, in Gaithersburg gets special shipments of, of this stuff. Uh, they make some pretty good can art. So this one's called Ma He Did It. And if you look at it, it's Mahi. Yeah, Mahi, so it's, Mahi. It's pretty funny. Um, so I got a kick out of that. Well, they spelled it wrong. It's M A H I. But I, I get it. I get where they're you going. Get, you get the joke, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for ruining it, man. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to shake what my mama gave me. All right. All right. Yeah, I gave this one a a four and a half, dude. It's a it's a triple. It's actually an eleven percenter. So this is probably the only beer I'm drinking on on the show this week. Uh, it's it's pretty that's good. So the, probably a good idea. Probably a good idea. We we drink responsibly sometimes. Uh, <laughs> shut up, AJ. We're trying to be nice here. All right. So let's bring in our guest of honor, and uh, I'm super excited to bring in Mr. Todd Zola himself, contributor to ESPN, RotorWire, and of course. Masters ball. Um, I was just, you know, giving him credit for, uh, you know, giving us access to that his tools over there, at Masters ball, a couple of years ago, and uh, is able to do pretty well in in wrestling because of it. Uh, so, thanks for having me on, or thanks, thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on, Todd. Uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> done. No other beer, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, no kidding. I've had one sip of this. That's Jeez, why I am you done. Drink anything no kidding. In double digits anymore. Um, yeah, thank you for coming on, Todd. Uh, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm not drinking a beer. You can see I have had beer in the past, <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, I, if I was drinking a beer, you'd be sad to hear it. Probably be a Stroh's or a Bud Light. Hey, you know that's, yeah, that's fine, that's man. We good, are. Man. We are kind of, not... I, my generation came from the swill, and it sort of just started the bridge into Sam Adams and Pete's Wicked were like yeah. the two that kind of started the revolution, the uh, the micro beer revolution. And yeah. I just never got into them. Uh, I stay with the Bud Light, and just uh, it now interferes with some medications I'm on. So hopefully yeah. one day I can lose some of this and join you with a with a Bud Light. Yeah, all hey, right. we don't we don't discriminate alcohol I, here, so we we uh, yes. we we allow all kinds. <laughs> as, as you can see, I have a plethora yes. of other friends. We've had we've had many on here just just drinking the butt heavies. We're we're it's good. All good. It's all good. <laughs> One all of right. them being me, so I'll join you, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> That's our producer, Mike. Um, all right, so before we jump into catchers and in, in first base, I you know you run Masters Ball and. In, and to me, Masters Ball, their their stuff, and correct me if I'm wrong, is sort of geared toward the the high stakes players, you know, NFBC type stuff, right? Well, for the most part, I think you have a I lot of tools that's geared toward. I don't want to go down that road, but I mean, I'll be honest: the majority of my early subscribers are NFBC, okay. so I need to cater to that crowd, but I do need to be uh, cognizant of. For every one NFBC player, there's about a thousand that have never heard of it. Interesting. So I need, need to be cognizant of yeah. you know the other. And you know I was around before the NFBC started, so I've got some people that 
you know, that you know, pre NFPC. So I, 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 yeah, sure. I cater to the NFPC because that's my clientele, but it's, I'd like to think that, you know, it, it transcends all leagues. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I wasn't saying that that's all you do, but I feel like that is a very good niche that, that you I, yeah, hit on pretty well and do very well. Um, so, with that in mind, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about some NFBC strategies. Um, and, you know, just basically, like, you know, these leagues are so different. As we kind of talked about offline, you know, I, I, I struggle with NFBC. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, the, the weekly format kind of crushes me. Just the the knowledge in the draft room is unmatched, in my opinion. Uh, and it's hard to find a ton of good values. You know, they're 15 team leagues. There's all sorts of stuff. So what is kind of your – give us like one or two tips, strategies as, as you enter an NFBC draft. So the first thing you need to realize about the NFBC is it's, it's its own world. It's its own economy. It's its own entity. Right now it's – it kind of – I mean the, the ADP – all right, Fantrax has, has enough leads that they generate. I heard you guys talking Fantrax earlier. They have enough leagues that they can talk about an, an, an ADP. But right now, it's the when you hear any ADP on, on the radio, et cetera, it's usually NFBC. But the problem, NFBC, but the problem is you, you, you can't relate it to your home league. Pitching doesn't right. go the same. I mean, it's just, it's, it's its own. That's, you just have to keep in mind that it's its own universe. It's its own economy. As such, uh, I think if there's one key, I have a I have a kind of a saying I use, and I'll talk about pitching, but it can be it can be catching too when we get a little bit a little bit mm -hmm. later. I say draft the pitching, not the draft the pitcher, not the round. All right. So you, you there was a time I you know I don't take a pitcher before round five, six, seven. Insert the round, whatever it is. I don't I I don't want to even now I hear that I'm not taking a pitcher before round four or some, whatever it might be. You can't do that. What you have to do is kind of map out what you want your rotation to look like and have several different iterations. Mm -hmm. And then if in order to make, if, if one of the pictures you need to, to, to make that map work is going two rounds ahead of your ranking, you can't say I'm not taking him. He's, he's overvalued. If you're going to map, if you're going to make your map, if you're going to construct your staff with the right tools, the right ERA, the right whip, et cetera, you just got to draft the picture. Don't, He's, I have ranked in the fifth. I have ranked 75th. That's fifth round. I can't take him in the third. Well, if he's the highest rated pitcher and, and pitching's going, you got to take him in the third. So in, that, yeah. in other words, you just yeah. have to you have to read the room, and yeah. and, and that's that's it's just a different room. It's some you know you'll talk to someone that said, oh, I got I got Emmanuel Classe in the third. Someone else will, geez, I got him in the fifth. It's just, that, <laughs> yeah. it's just a different room, and you know <laughs> one wasn't right or wrong. It was just yeah. that's what that room. You know, you have to read the room. And that's, as we kind of talked about, you know, all these people writing about NFPC, the, the best the best teacher's experience. Unfortunately, it's, well, money, you know. But yeah. they're, they're, you know, they're depending upon one's means. And there's there's cheap best ball drafts that emulate NFPC. One can get it done. But that's, you know, the, the, the one piece of advice that I, that I give is, you know, just, you know, the ADP, you just go with, Drank, go with your list. ADP is a guide. It's not a. It's not a ranking list. No, hundred percent agree. Um, 
One one other follow up question to that, and and you sure. mentioned the pitchers, and the reason why I have the follow up uh, is because you see people posting drafts all over Twitter, right? And you see like, oh, this is a crazy start. This is a not crazy bad, but just it's different, right? right? It's something they've never seen before. And you know, last year we started seeing pocket aces a lot, right? Pocket two pitchers, talk two ace pitchers, right? We to mm-hmm. start the drafts, and that's of course a continued trend this year. But we're also seeing relievers like those top end closers really get pushed up the board this year. I feel like, and I've even seen people start, you know, their drafts with two of those top guys, or you know, three, two of their first four picks were yep. some of those top guys. Is that something you agree with? I understand it. I don't. I'm not going down that road. Okay. I'm not willing. Now, get to yet again. We're talking about NFC. There's several different yes. NFC formats. The one that is most prevalent now is draft champions, which is draft and hold. So you cannot, you know, use the waiver wire to pick up your saves in season. Gotcha. That pushing closers up a bit. That does that makes sense. Yeah. And but even so, I'm still not willing to invest the opportunity cost of a stud closer in the second or third round when I could be getting my starting pitcher or a stud bat. I might not hit on a closer at the end. I mean, I may, you know, I may be, you know, burning my money, but I think I have a better chance to do even better if I am able to hit on my closer in the 12th or in the 13th and the 15th round. Absolutely. And that's just my way of approaching it. I don't think it's right or wrong. It's just, I'm not going to give up on a potential starting pitcher or a stud bat in the second or third when I can, I can happen upon just as many saves in the 10th, 11th, and 12th round. And that what I'll do then is I'll, I'll just ping the teams and just try to get four or five guys that potentially could close, but they also can, are useful in a non-closing situation. That's the other key to this, especially in this yeah. environment where pitchers aren't going as far. Middle relievers are important even if they aren't getting saves. I will I – will, uh, yeah, Andrew Kittredge, for instance, Kittredge, pl- mm. players that you're going to keep in your lineup anyway. I'm all over that, and I'll try to I'll try to double tap. I'm trying to think of an example of a team where you get both of the potential cl- uh, Detroit, uh, get Gregory Soto and get Michael Fulmer. So yeah. you get kind of a discount on both, and you just hope one ends up closing. Now Fulmer's a better pitcher, so I mean Soto could be a wasted pick. But you know, if, if if it turns out that Fulmer closes and you get him in the twenty first, you're not so mad about getting Soto in the fourteenth. Yeah. You're not you're not so mad about wasting it if you've got Absolutely. a you know a top ten closer. So that's that's the way I'm going to approach it now. In the Fab leagues, everybody thinks that the closers are going to slide back down. The middle range will. The upper closers are going to stay elevated. They usually jump up. From the in the main event, the NFPC main event, the uh, overall competition they have, the closers usually continue to get accelerated. I don't think they can get more accelerated. I think they'll stay where they are, but I do think that some of the middle tiers may fall a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm not willing to pay the price of a Liam Hendricks and Josh Hader and Emmanuel Classe. I'm not. I'm just they're not going to like pay that first price. second round. I've seen a yeah. lot. It's cool. uh, first. I think first there, there are they are in the first, but I I, I think you know. Second and third is where third. we're seeing, and then yeah. you're seeing you're seeing guys that maybe not even have a job in the fourth round, which 
Ooh. But anyway, yeah, it's my it's style. Tough. I don't right or wrong. I don't have the cachet to to you know pound my fist to say that's wrong. <laughs> I just you know I but I do believe. <laughs> I, do believe, I do believe that you know in the TGFBI, I won't you know well that's a fab league so it's not as bold of a statement to say I won't be jumping in but I won't be jumping in closers that early. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you. Um, the the uh, the other question I had for you and and you mentioned it with like the fab is, you know, when do you spend your fab? Like, do you try to jump on guys super early or kind of wait for some of these you know? guys later in the season to you know who, who you know maybe the prospects that are getting called up that type of stuff uh all right you know the, the canned answer is the team dictates you know need yeah. need you know emergency dictates what you want to do but something i learned from rob silver who won the nfpc a few years ago and i used this in the tgfbi is to decide how much you're going to need like every week, you know, $10, $5, $15. Now you can't really having, not having been in it, you might, you know, the first year in the TGFBI, maybe you don't know, but once you're in it and you see what happens every week, well, I, I think I need about $15 a fab. So I, off the top, I'll take 26 times 15, uh, whatever it is, 390. And I just take that off because I'm going to need $15 a week uh, just to, for maintenance, for roster maintenance. So that leaves me, you know, whatever, 610, you know, disposable fab income. So then it's mm. just how much of how much, you know, now you're not going to use a 10 to 15 every week. So as the season goes on, you're disposable. Yeah. Well, you, you lose some because you're buying players, but, you know, whatever right. you didn't spend a particular week. But that's, you know, you never, you know, I don't, you know, you're going to see some $841, you know, someone's going to merge the closer or an outfielder or something that's going to, uh, that you know, in the first week, and you're going to see some silly bids. You know, <laughs> all right, I got this player. I got them all year. But right now you have $120 left for the rest of the year. You now have you know, less than five dollars a week to to maintain your team for the rest of the year. So that's a, yeah, that's, that's a, sort of a tip I learned from Rob. And because I was I was I went kind of heavy. I want this guy four hundred dollars. Okay, you do four hundred dollars twice, then you're down to ten dollars a week, and that's not so good. Yeah. Um, you also learn that goes the maintenance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but if I want a guy, if if I have a if I have an opening. I will be aggressive early, especially in a mixed league, because I feel that I can get the one and two and three dollar players later. Um, I mean, ALN only is a completely different story, <laughs> but uh, in the in, you know, in, I will be I will be somewhat aggressive early if if I feel if there's a need. And the other thing, just general piece of advice is, if you see a player out there early in the season that can improve your bench, go for it. You know, don't oh I have a hole at the corner. I need to get a. You know, if you feel there's a player on on, on available for Fab better than one of your reserves, you're going to need that reserve at some point. Upgrade it then. Don't wait. You know, don't because by the time you need it, the the what's left is junk. Yeah. No, that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I I could talk strategy all day with you and try to pick your brain, but uh, we should probably move on to AJ's got the next question here. All right, so I guess the the big thing then is what are you know with catchers since we're going into catchers here, mm-hmm. knowing that this is a two catcher league, uh, NFBC that is. Yep. I mean, how do you typically draft the catchers? Is this something that you want to really jump in 
earlier or do you not care as much and just kind of wait around on it? Um, I would, let me just start. It's not a, not a huge deal, but I, I'm, I'm team two catcher. You know, you're going to see on Twitter, why don't leagues, you know, a couple of my very good friends are, are pushing the one catcher league, uh, you know, mantra to change fantasy. I'm a fan of the two catcher leagues primarily because the rest of the player pool has evened out so much that you don't, you know, no middle infield scarcity. You know, you just, I don't want to say picking the best player every time. It has to fit into your lineup construction. But with multiple eligibility, et cetera, there's not as much strategy in the player pool as there used to be other than catcher. With catcher, you have to decide what you want to do. If it was down to one catcher, then that the player is kind of equal to the rest of the positions. And again, it's we're back to kind of best player available within your team build. So I like the fact that you have to, I like the fact you have to ask me this question, you know, yeah. you know, so, but I, I, in a best ball, I'm all over the catcher in yeah. the NFBC. Um, I mean, you know, what's, 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 what was the definition of porn? You know it when you see it, something like that. <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't that wasn't like Larry Flint's trial something for me. I, I don't I, I don't know when I'm gonna draft a catcher. It just I just know it when it happens. It's usually yeah. when there's just there's nobody else that stands out that would fit my team at the time, and or there's five guys that stand out that would fit my team at the time, and I know I can get one of them in the next turn. At that point, I will usually grab a catcher. And it's usually, you know, I don't know, eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen, or somewhere, somewhere it's usually Around that point, 10, 15, between 10 and 15, I'll grab a catcher. If I wait, I mean, I don't mind waiting. I mean, I, I don't force it. If I wait to the end, you have to keep in mind that everything's relative to the worst player at the position. The worst catcher's stats are terrible, but yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's still relative to the position. All you care about is the stats above replacement, and you're not expecting much from your 22nd or 23rd round pick. So I don't, you know, the catcher's terrible, yes, but my second baseman at that point is going to be terrible too relative to the rest of the second baseman and the drafted. And one of the, you know, air quote advantages of drafting such a late catcher is you can, can you can try to stream guys in. You can look for the uh, the guy who is emerging with playing time. Someone the main catcher got hurt, and the backup is now the the lead catcher. It's easier to replace a guy that you're expecting nothing from at the end there. So that's that's you know some people get one good catcher and then one really bad catcher. Uh, another thing I'll try to do. I kind of mentioned it. I, I wish I had someone in mind. The pool just doesn't lend itself to doing it this year, but I try to get you know two guys that are kind of 50 50 maybe and get yeah. you know double to you know, get both of them I don't, there's, there's usually more I'm looking at my list there's just not a lot of not a lot of teams that have that ability this year there's usually more teams i can find a team that you know used to be kurt suzuki and ramos or whatever it was right you know what san diego's an interesting austin nola and jorge alfaro try to get both of them because individually where you get them even though they're on the same team they're going to give you what you're paying for for the draft spot. But if one of them were to get hurt, the other goes, Wee! and or if if Nola 
plays a lot of DH or something like that. So I try to find another uh, Minnesota, Mitch Garver and Ryan Jeffers. Mm-hmm. Try to get both of those guys. You can even you can do it to a certain extent with uh, uh, Elias Diaz and, and Don Nunez, but it's maybe not as effective. Um, and you can't say Arizona because Varsho is being drafted right. uh, as as a regular player. But I'll yeah. try to I'll try to find a team where I can double tap. Maybe maybe Seattle is a, you know Murphy and Torrens. Maybe that's a place to go and and get both of them. Well, how and, does that work with you know NFBC is weekly format? So like if you draft both, you can still only play one each week. I mean, I know you can, no, swap you can them play out. both. There's two ca- there's two catchers. Oh, so I just, see what you're saying. So so those are yeah, your two catchers. Just, I thought you were saying draft stack in the deck. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, and, I thought you were saying draft both of them and you know figure it out and then have your other catcher slot with somebody no, I else. Mean, I got say, it. But, so those are your two catchers, and that's yeah, yeah that's know, that's fine. On the on the surface, like why do you do that? Because you you know you you can't get a full you know you, you're limited to the amount of plate appearances. Yeah, yeah but if you draft anyway. a catcher in the 18th or 19th <laughs> round, you're you're getting a backup anyway. Yeah. So the, the yeah. two catchers you have, if they're not on the same team, and then you do run the the potential of having one get hurt and the other just you know going goofy. You know, you know even yeah. in, you know, in a draft champion, if I draft I don't know Christian Vasquez from the Red Sox, I'll try to get Ploiecki. In the you know twenty eighth, ninth, thirtieth, whatever is is it, try to try to back them up. Now I, you can you can you know double tap um, the 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 city. Okay, maybe you're close to the wheel, and it's a twentieth round. You could get Alfaro and Nola twenty and twenty one or something like that. You know, it, it's, it's a it's a it's a way to it's a way to approach it. No, no, great stuff. Uh, you know, that's again just something else I have struggled with when it comes to NFBC because I, I had, I don't play in any other two catcher leagues except for that. And uh, started about three years ago when I joined my first TGFBI league, and uh, yeah, rude awakening. You're right. I definitely have it. Uh, so let's move on here to catchers. As I said, we're going to be doing catchers and first base preview today. And so we got to start right off the top, man. Sal Perez uh, had a monster year in 2021, hit 48 bombs to lead the majors on Tide. Um, I mean, honestly, that's pretty unheard of for a catcher. So whoever had them just got a massive boost to their roster because uh, that's not a position that you expect that kind of production from, not even close in my opinion. Um, you know, but, you know. What are his realistic? What are your realistic expectations for him this year? Um, and then to kind of piggyback on that, like, are you comfortable taking him at his current ADP and and uh, you know, which is around forty? I, I didn't use NFBC because NFBC's you know there is a little inflated for catchers because it's a two catcher league, so I, I found other ADPs, and so it's around forty for the the single catcher leagues. And that's not far. I don't think that's probably far off. That's it's not round. too far off. It's not. It's not yeah. yeah. Now in a single catcher, you know, we can talk single catcher leagues. In a single catcher league, I'm waiting to the end. You know, because yeah. most single catcher leagues are ten or twelve teams. I'm waiting to the end because I'm going to get. I'm going to take the tenth catcher, and he's probably going to be my seventh rated catcher. So you know, yeah. it's just the way it is. That's yeah. Just no, people, I, I feel you. People rank people differently. So you're going to get your seventh or eighth rating rated catcher at ten. Now, all right, if, if more than one person's playing chicken, so you know, I don't, I don't take them in the last round. I take them in the second to last round, and I get my sixth highest rated catcher. Uh, so I'm waiting. I don't <laughs> yeah, care who. Again, although again, again in best ball, I want that top catcher because you. you 
the chance of a, a couple lesser catchers putting up the you know the really good week and having them in your lineup that week, I'll I prefer to just bank it with a with a top catcher, and then mm. have the other positions. There's more likely you know a second baseman's more likely to run them a couple homers and jump into my lineup. So best ball, I am all about a catcher early. Otherwise, I'm gonna you know, wait a bit. But uh, Perez, eh, you know, it's a little bit anecdotal, but. I mean, he he had some surgery. It was a shortened, it was a shortened 2020. He may have just been fresher last yeah. year. He yeah. played a ton. He played the point. Played a ton of games, and you know, even more even more than normal. I mean, it's, he played more games than a position player. You can't expect him to repeat the number of games, especially at his age. So that's just one thing you can't expect him to repeat the playing time. Right. The power was justified. The power, his 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 fly ball exit velocity. It was there's no there was no fluke. It's just a matter of will he maintain the gains. I think he's got to give some back. And he's he's still one of my top catchers off the board, but I think there's there's just too much risk. And the, the injury risk, and your catcher goes down, you're replacing him with junk. Yeah. You know, you, you can say that yeah. it's always gonna, you know, Bobichette goes down. I'm I'm not replacing him with a star either. But they, the catcher replacements are even worse. So they are. Um, I I will not be into Brutal. the Sal Perez. Uh, you know, I don't even think that I will be in the J two Riamuto. If if Will Smith, although Will Smith's getting a lot of healing right now because he's get he's one of the DH guys that that mm-hmm. people are listing as as someone to be aided with the DH. So I don't. I think I think Will Smith will. And he could be the Will Smith could be the number one catcher. This year, if he gets to plate appearances, he's that good. Um, I'll, I'm going to try to wait, and I'm going to try to get. I mentioned Vasquez. I'll, I'll, I'm try to get um, Jacob Stallings, who's just been real sami well down the list. Yeah. But I'll just try to get someone that's solid relative to that draft spot. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I I'm sorry. I had a follow up to this. Um, I, I like Perez, and and I, and I'm, but I'm with you. Like I, I don't see this return of a value that he's going right now. We're not getting. We probably won't even hit 40 home runs again. Um, I'm not. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get to 161 games or whatever it was oh, that he so had last that year. Was just- um, but he does play more than Sorry. almost any other catcher out there because, and he always has, even in, even when he was strictly behind the plate, he always played a lot more. But now they're throwing him back in DH. They're just they're just using him every day. So, yep. um, yeah. I still think he could, you know, he'll he'll creep into the one thirty games, you know, type of thing. Oh, for uh, sure, pretty easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's super valuable. And that's why I I actually took him last year, but he was going at a huge discount last year because of coming off the injury. Um. Yeah, so it yeah. was kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take who could potentially be the number one catcher off the board in in round twelve or whatever it was. Like, sure, thanks, guys. Uh, worked out pretty well. So you're, you're uh, under you're under forty homers. Are you over thirty five? You know, I'm probably hovering around like if I had to if I had to put a, a guess on it, I'd probably go right around like thirty three, thirty four. If he could get to like 135, 100, you know, 135 games, that's that's doable. That's oh, probably sure. right, right. That's yeah, probably no, right yeah. around where he could go. Yeah, I mean, he had 27 the year before he got hurt, so he's, yeah. he's been in that territory before. You yeah. know, we even had 11 in 37 games the year that he got yeah. hurt. So I mean, the the elevated <laughs> edge of velocity again, it supports it. Will he be able to 
you know, is will he be fresh enough? Will he be able to sustain it? Yeah. Um, he, so that's that, that's the question. But yeah, I mean, they put him back at DH a bunch more. I, I think it's easily doable. Like, yeah, but he's he's a good catcher though. So, all right, AJ. Yeah, it's it's hard to take him out of that spot, you know, because he is such a good catcher. He's a good game manager. Um, I mean, obviously, you want to have that bat in the lineup, but yeah, I cannot imagine them putting him in 161 games again. You know what? I think KC's one of those teams where, depending on how many teams make the playoffs, they if, if everything goes right, they could challenge for a wild card. Yeah. And yeah. I think you want Perez back Definitely there so. with that staff, that yeah. you know the young staff, if they're actually challenging for a wild card. If they're not, yeah. I can see him playing a little more DH. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see his his splits for the first half of the season, whenever that might be, right? And then the second half of the season, um, just to see if he if he does, you know, he's a he's going to be a huge benefactor for those pitchings. Um, so I definitely like his upside there too. But you know, he might lose a game here or there towards the end of the season, which unfortunately is playoffs for fantasy baseball, but. You're not gonna you're not gonna lose that much for him. So, you mentioned Real Muto uh, and Will Smith here. Um, so that's our, our next question that we have. Um, you know, they're the next two consensus catchers off the board. Very similar ADPs. Um, it, it sounds like you're leaning Will Smith. Um, is is that who you prefer? Heads up. I, I still might take Real Muto heads up, but I think Smith is going. Just a tad later. You know what? I you know what? The heck with it. No, Will Smith. Yes, I will. At this point, I think this could be the year that Will Smith kind of leapfrogs Jay Chill Riamuto in that you know for that second used to be first catcher for that second right. catcher. <laughs> yeah, you know that, exactly. that's you know, he's he, well. They both hit high in the order, but um, yeah, there is one. I, I don't know if you 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 if you planned on mentioning him though. There's one other guy that. Could jump into that top five. And that's uh, that's that's, that's Dalton Varsho. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, are you talking Varsho? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah he right can play all over the field too. It right so now. it's 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 who knows, you know. There's playing time risk. There's a performance risk. Yeah, but especially with the DH, the, I mean, I, I I had him as a fairly you know close to a regular this year anyway. With the only, eh, what if if Alec Thomas shows he's ready? Maybe Varsha lost time, but with the DH now, I don't know. I mean, it, now if we if it's going to be if we know he's going to get the playing time, now we're back to the performance uh, aspect of it. And he had a really great September, but that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it'll carry over. It, it's a reason for optimism, but it's it, it was still it's a leap of faith that he runs and hits like we think he will or can but he's just an, an interesting guy to you know if i'm playing one league if i have one league you know that sounds so blasphemous now <laughs> i don't know yeah. that i'm taking the who shot who does that yeah exactly <laughs> i don't know I, I, you know we used it but if you know it's one of those you're going to hear a lot anyway if I, I out of my 20 leagues i want some shares of our show well who doesn't you know yeah, you <laughs> got 20 something. leagues of course you, know, you do yeah but, uh, you know, if I have one league, you know, that's that's the thing. If you're playing in one league, do you take the chance? Um, hmm, it's a t- I mean, 
some people think you need to take chances to win. I'm of the I'm of the mind that you need to be solid to win. And I can yeah. you know that's an argument and that's an NFC argument into itself. Yeah, I mean we we preach consistency nonstop. Um, you know, with football, with baseball, yep. it's not really different. Yeah. Um, and especially with this position that can be so volatile, you know, you, you really need somebody that's going to be consistent. Me personally, I do like going for one of the known quantities, um, but it depends on my team build. And yeah. if I'm really happy with my team and then other people are just like, ah, screw it, I'm going to I'm going to jump the ship. OK, I'll let them do it. And then, I, you know, I'll, I'll wait around. And then yep. just keep building. Um, so that, that's kind of how I look at it. I I wouldn't be surprised to see Smith overtake Rio Muto this year as well. Um, you know, and it, it hurts to say that wearing a Philly jersey, but <laughs> uh, you know, he he's getting up there. He's you know he's been a solid solid player for you know yeah. a lot of years Still now, good. and you know we saw that with what Buster Posey and he's now retired so i don't know if the only thing that would would lean me more towards real muto is if something came out where he was gonna play more first or play something you know play he might play more dh um you know just to keep his bat in the lineup i could see that happening um he, and he people are, i think people are over overestimating i don't know whatever over overplaying the the Rio Muto and Smith DH card because they played a ton anyway. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, so I think they're gonna. I think they're adding too much playing time. I just think the yeah. some of the some of the playing time behind the plate get shifted to DH, get shifted to first base. Exactly. Uh, I, I think current, that's gonna be. Who's the current backup? Uh, Garrett Stubbs is who we got listed for Philly. So yeah, the, yeah. In other words, they don't have a backup catcher right no. now. So <laughs> I think a lot will depend, and I think yeah, that might be a telltale not. sign. Do they bring in a Kurt Suzuki? Do they bring in mm. somebody with experience, or do they bring in, you know, just a journeyman glove man, which means Riamuto is going to be behind the plate a lot? Yeah. The one I, thing I that I would say, it. like, I think the big difference between like, and, and the reason why we saw Riamuto like be so high, you know, years and years ago, and in you know, probably even just last year, right? Is, you know, he's great bat, you know, has the power, steals bases as a catcher, yeah. which is. Not you know, not a lot, but you know, you're getting that's just like a bonus. Still, it's, um, yeah, it's and his and his batting cherry. average was always fairly high. That's starting to drop, and I think that's where um, that's where I go. Now he's in to the territory of batting average with Will Smith, and at this point, I kind of think Will Smith might have more power than Real Muto. Um, oh, for at sure. This stage of the career, the upswing, and so and, that's yeah. where, unless you think you're getting you know, 12, 13 stolen bases like you did last year from Real Muto, but he hadn't done that since 2016. Philly hasn't run that much. I think I think it's easy. Not easily, but I think that's where Smith gets the slight edge for me. And I did just redo my rankings uh, today and swapped Smith and Real Muto in my rankings for yes. that exact reason. So for four years, he averaged 137 games without the DH. I mean, yeah. how many different? I mean, how many? A regular gets 150, right? I mean, yeah. you get it sort of days off. So you're adding 10 extra games. You're adding 40 or 50 plate appearances. I wouldn't sure. even say 150 is normal. I think it's less than that now. 
Well, I but mean, yeah, right. But at the point being, he was averaging, and this is when he was, you know, when he was 25 to 28, he's now 30, uh, 32 or 31. He was averaging, like I said, 137 games. So even if you add on 10 games, 147, yeah, 40 or 50 plate appearances a ton. But people are, you know, they're talking as if he's going to go on 100 more. Yeah, so I think that's what we yeah, have to just, be careful. Yeah. I know. I, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fair point. That's a <laughs> totally fair point. Uh, last question here for catchers is, you know, you talk about waiting for catchers. And, and so yep. when you wait for catchers, you kind of fall into a territory where it's a lot of younger guys yeah. with upside. Well, they were in right? there, yeah. And so, you know, the, the guy that popped out, for me and AJ initially when we were writing this was, was Joey Bart right now. Posey's gone. Bart was a huge name years ago. He was a big prospect, right? Kind of not really shown up quite yet, but hasn't had a whole lot of opportunity, but really I think his, his star has fallen. Uh, but you know, there's other guys, right? There, there's Ruiz. There's, you mentioned Varsho. There's Kirk. There's, there's Rushman that is getting a lot of hype this, this year. Um, who, if any of these guys, let's take Varsho out because you already mentioned him and, and I think you like him. So Ruiz, Kirk, Rutschman, Bart, any of these guys you're comfortable drafting as your, say, a single catcher? Ruiz, just because we know he has a job. Okay. Now, you mentioned, you mentioned Bart. I, I talk about, was it <clears throat> Philadelphia, their backup? I want to see what. I want to see what St. Louis, St. Louis, San Francisco does, right? Because this is a team that still fashions themselves as well. They should, comp- you know, competitive, uh, trying to win the division again, hundred and eight yeah. games, whatever it is they want. Do you trust Joey Bart to be your lead catcher, or do you go out right now? They got Kirk Casale as the backup. Do they? You know, I, I guess. I guess I kind of answered my own question. I mean, they have, as I say, if they bring in a Casale type. Um, I don't know who they could bring in, especially who's available to sort of make you say, you know what, maybe Bart isn't going to be the guy. But if they do bring in another, you know, established MLB player, that may be a hedge for Bart to uh, to go back down or not play as much, especially because now there is the DH, although San Francisco will use it. You know, they've got they've got plenty of options whether they like to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Ruiz has a job and there's no reason for Washington not to use him and Ruiz has got pretty good contact plate skills. It just yeah, will he develop like the power. Right. Yeah, will he yeah. will 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 he develop the power, will he develop the bat speed and, and the and the, the, the torque to, to put the ball out of the yard. I think so. I think he's safe. And you know, Rushman, people are drafting him as if he's gonna be up early. I don't know if he will. Kirk, um you still got Danny Jansen, who it's right. Danny Jansen, but yeah. there's somebody there. So I will, I, I, I do like Ruiz. Yeah, I, I think Ruiz has the, the big lead out of those guys. Um, I think Kurt's got a lot of upside, but it's again he's battling. So yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent there. Yeah, I, I think Kirk's moving up some boards and whatnot, but you know, again, Jansen's not a slouch. He's not like you know, a no name backup or starter, you know, or, or yeah. split, split he's time. Had, he's you had slushy stretches, but yeah. he's also had, wait, he's, he's, he's also had stretches of mediocrity too. That's true. Yeah. But what catcher hasn't, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's jump into the, uh, the, the first base position here. 
we got to start off with with Mr. Mr. Vlad Jr. Um, I mean, there was a lot of talk last season, uh, or, or coming into last season, I should say, uh, that Vlad Jr. might be a bit of a bust. Um, yet, here we are. He tied Perez's lead-leading mark, 48 bombs last year. Um, I mean, do you expect the still just 22-year-old uh, first baseman to continue his upward trajectory or do you think that he's more of a candidate for regression this year back to the pre 2021 Vlad that we saw all right so a couple things first I don't know what the circles I was in I don't I didn't hear a lot of Vlad bus talk but that's you know again we're running different circles different type of games I don't think I heard a whole lot of Vlad bus talk but that's fine um, let's see. Number two, um, I'm kind of a stickler about when I talk about regression. It, to me, it does not mean play worse. Regression is when you got lucky or unlucky, things out of your control, and those metrics revert, regress to the norm. A BABIP, a home run per fly ball. So, yeah. well, I well, you know, I'm, that doesn't, there's certain and areas where I could regress, though. At. Yeah. There, there are areas in which you could use, in my you know nerdy stickler term, regress for Guerrero. Now, but I think that the, the key with Vlad is he began to lift the ball. Always made solid contact. Always uh, made a lot of contact. He's now lifting the ball, and I see no reason to, to, that he's not going to continue to do so. Now, you can continue to grow and not hit 48 homers again, right? Yeah, absolutely. You, know, I mean, you can you can continue to mature, get better skills and and just end up with 42 homers. Is that a, you know, that's not a bad year. That's that's <laughs> yeah. variance. So, I think regression. Yeah, I think he will continue <laughs> to mature as a player. He, you know, he, he liked the way he lost a little weight, started to take yes. care of himself, et cetera, et cetera. So I think he continued to mature as a player, but it just may not. He could hit 52 homers. You know, he could also hit 40 homers, and it doesn't mean that he's any less or more of a player. So I do think we're going to continue upon the positive trajectory. I don't think we've seen his best season yet, but I'm not calling 48 homers his baseline either. Yeah, I, I think it's hard to to use that as a baseline because it's such a you know incredible number for what we've seen. Um, you know, you mentioned his BABIP and, you know, he was at 308, 19, uh, you know, dropped all the way down to 282 the following year, you know, in the shortened season, but then he was right back up at the 313. So he's kind of in line right there. The big change was his ISO. Um, you know, that's just been creeping up every year. So I think that that's a, a big sign for, for him to keep growing. Um, again, I don't know if I would see 48 It'd be nice, but, um, I'm not counting on that. I'm not no. going out drafting him for 48 homers last year. And I may not get him because somebody might be doing that. And they um, are <laughs> yeah, like number four right people now are doing it. four or five um, overall. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm necessarily afraid to take him in the top five. It depends. It, this is an, a, a completely league contextual thing, too. Yeah. In a points league, 
he could be the best player. Well, Juan Soto. But in a points league yeah. where you get points for walks and you don't you know, and you lose points for strikeouts, he walks a lot and he doesn't strike out, right? And he yeah. has volume. He's a compiler. So, you know, the runs, RBIs, etc. So he I, I I do points leagues I do points league standings. I should have taken a look. Um we we're talking Rasball, I think we're talking off air. He could be a top pick in Rasball uh because it's a point a points league format. Although you know what? I should I should temper that because the Rasball system emulates five by five. So, you know, in the ESPN and the Yahoo yeah. and the CBS and in the fan track scoring, it wouldn't shock me if, if Lad's one of the top players. Yeah. Could see that. Yeah. I mean I, I like Vlad this year. I, I'm pretty sure I won't have any 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 shares of him just because uh, in that first round, yeah, I love the power he's going to give you, and you know, I'm not sure he's a 311 batting average type guy, but um, yeah, I love the power and the, and the counting stats, the runs, and the RBI you're going to get from him. But no speed. Like if I'm going hitter in the first round, I kind of want to get somebody who can give me a little bit of both, and he's not. So that that's the unfortunate part. Okay. So I, I I I tip the scales to like a Jose Ramirez if I had to choose between the two. Right, but it's some there's a lot of people who rightfully agree with what you just said so you may be looking at vlad from the eight hole yeah and now it's it's now it's hmm. yeah it's like yeah if he falls that far i i might do it um yeah, but you it, may have a ch- and maybe now hmm, maybe i take Marte on the way back or or cedric mullins or insert your yeah. stolen base I've, you know yeah no that that's and a good I, point i've done a few mocks though and he hasn't fallen past like five so well, <laughs> in a mo- depending upon what your mo- what format it is you're mocking yeah. yeah, we're doing like TGFBI mocks right now, and he's he's going super early. So that's like an FBC, you know, type format. He's he's okay. going pretty okay. high up. So just beware. Yeah. That's what's going to happen, <laughs> at least from what I've seen. Um, yeah. So maybe this guy here. We're we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go down the list a little bit in in the rankings here, and and we're gonna talk Jared Walsh. I mean, he had a like he had a really Pretty much a breakout, you know, 2021, 29 bombs, mm-hmm. 98 RBI, um, 277, 345 in I slash line. Although he's still only going as the 15th first baseman in drafts. Why do you think that is? It feels like it's pretty discounted. I think that there is some – they're looking they, – you can't, can't sustain that BABIP. He didn't have the prospect pedigree to that. That I mean, it's first base. This just you know put that into consideration. But um, I, I, I'm not sure because I mean, I looking at my numbers, I have him ranked right around the ADP. So I'm kind of with with it with you. That you know, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with the market. Hmm. But um, there's there's also you know a pretty good number of first basemen. Um, he. He, he sacrificed contact for power, and that's always a risk because if you you keep the contact but you lose the uh, power, then you you lose the contact. You lose the con. You keep the poor contact and don't generate the same power. You're you're double doubly bad. But I think there's just I, there's a trust factor, and I just think that that he hasn't done it for long enough that people are trusting because there are players at the position that have done it. For longer, and there's just too many. Here, here we can get true regression with Walsh. I'm, all right, so let me see where I've got him as the 
14th first baseman. All right, so you're yeah. right on. I so actually, I, uh, I just looked. I have him at nine. <laughs> well, um, but, no, but I just that, plugged in my numbers and I didn't well, like do I mean, my this, audit through it. Um, but this, this but that's where it everybody falls. who is includes everybody who is eligible. So yes. you may have, you may have Jake Cronenworth ranked somewhere else. You may have Ty France ranked somewhere else. You may have LeMay who ranks somewhere else. In which case. He now moves LeMay, up. LeMay, to- LeMay, no, the Mayhew's in there. I got the Mayhew a little the too lower. Um, yeah, I use because I do my rankings for the fantasy pros. Uh, I use whatever eligibility they have, uh, and I think they do like a consensus between like ESPN and CBS and Yahoo and and. Yeah. Well, I'm saying these guys are multiple eligible multiple yeah. positions. So yeah, they, no, they've they've got the multi eligible guy. Like right. I've even got Real Muto in here as as a first base. Okay, so guy. okay, no, I'm just curious because I mean that 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 does affect things, but. I mean, when you you know, you you know, you, if you're ranking by dollar value, there's no difference between a 15 and a 14. I mean, he, he's you know, you can move him up three spots, and it was 50 cents worth of production. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one homer. That's one you know, it's two yeah. RBI. Thanks. <laughs> but, I mean, looking at the, you know, then then it's then it's the question: who above him? You know, if you're going to rank him up, who do you who do you drop down? Right. I mean, yeah, that's that's where I think even if I'm looking at it, like even if I want to put my my own spin on it outside of just having the numbers crunch themselves and spit out the rankings, like I'm looking at them like I don't know if I trust Chris Bryant, LeMayhew, Josh Bell, like they all have their warts, right? Like, and so Walsh is a guy who I I kind of like, and, and I might and, just keep him there. <laughs> isn't there kind of isn't he kind of like kind of the bottom of the tier too? He that, is totally. You know, is. I mean, you can maybe you put Mancini in, you know, Malkin with the with the fences. Who knows at this point? But he's kind of like the last one of that not stud tier, but you know what? Pretty good player tier. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you mentioned Mancini there. Um, he's actually next up on our board here to to talk about. I mean, he had an awesome, awesome first half last season kind of tailed off a little bit in the second half but you know here again this is a guy who returned to baseball last year after missing the entire you know Mm -hmm. shortened 2020 season to recover from colorectal cancer um you know we didn't quite see the same career best production um that he had in 19 but he posted numbers that were very similar to his 17 and 18 seasons so do we think that based on what we saw from him in the first half of last season can carry over and and we can see him that you know really transition into taking that above and beyond this season well you mentioned 19 right that was a happy fun ball year yeah so a lot of players showed you know had a career year so if you if you temper that back a little bit, I think he's kind of the same player, you know, the consistent player that he's been. Yeah. And the fact that he, as you suggested, was able to do it after missing so much, and not just missing time. No. You it's... know, going through what he was going through. Yeah. Um, you know, the standing ovation and opening taking day. a season off to uh, um, that. So he's just he's solid. He's a, a solid compiler. The, the question now is, how much is he affected by the fences? How much is a team affected by the fences being pushed back in Camden Yards? All people are talking about is losing the homers. Well, you're going to gain hits. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, you, it's, it's not going to be a complete trade-off. But I think we're forgetting that the the extra room will will help 
batting average, but you know, he's, you know, I talked about, you know, dropping off of tiers. I'm still, you know, Mancini to me is, you know, the top of the next tier. I'm fine yeah. with him. Um, I liked it better when I had first base and outfield eligibility. That's neither here nor there, but I'm fine with him. And I, I think he, I think he is what he is. And, you know, even with, you know, skills like, you know, we talk about projections being ranges. Well, skills are ranges too. And I think, you know, with the same skills going to show a little bit different outcomes. And, I think his baseline is this, you know, you mentioned 18 and 19. I think kind of the same player. Yeah. So you've got him ranked like what in the top 15, 16? I think he was now going, now, now going back to that list. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He, well, I have, yeah, he was okay. I've got Stevenson, but I didn't adjust for the catcher. So get him out of there because he's worth more as a catcher. Yeah. I mean, he was basically, I had Mountcastle and Mancini essentially the same and they were both probably ahead of walsh previous to the the fences and it's just a guess as to how they're affected yeah with the fences at this point yeah like i, I like I, I get it the the orioles uh the orioles offense as i have all my Orioles stuff back here uh is is not great <laughs> so you know he's he, uh, well, it's, a, it's a baltimore shirt man but the I top of the um, order it is nice. It, the very top, top is, nice. is not yeah. bad. Yeah. When you, you know, Santander and Hayes, and we mentioned Mountcastle. Um, hopefully, you know, it, it, Rushman could be there. So, I mean, the the bottom is not very good. No, I mean, you know, Shed Long is not, you know, is, is, you know, Rognet or Door. <laughs> um, no, you know, although so, he might be my favorite player for other reasons, but uh, Odor. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. You like his left cross? Yes. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, but, we always but, joke anyway, about it. you had the picture, we'll, AJ. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, yeah. So Baltimore's top of the order to me, you know, is, is, yeah. is solid. It's just you're going to get down to the bottom half, and you don't, you know, you don't want. Oh yeah, you don't, you know, you don't want Hanser. Well, Alberto's gone. Well, but you well, know that's I mean? tough yeah. though because it, I think when your bottom bottom part of the lineup is is as bad as the Orioles is going to be, I think it, you know, it reduces the number at bats. Uh, that Mason's getting it, but well, you know, true. by, by a few, true. so that true. does that does limit his upside a little bit. But uh, it limits his counting stats slightly. Uh, I say counting stats. I would say runs in RBI. I just this is understood. Understood. Um, but, but you're drafting. But I, I do him. like him, but I do like him, and he's a super discount player. That's the point. point. You're getting him commensurate to his draft spot. If yeah. he was playing in the Red Sox or in the Toronto or New York, he'd be getting 12 more RBI and 10 more runs and be drafted higher. Yeah. And look, like if you look at like just even last year, like I I went back and looked at it because I was I was actually kind of shocked that he only hit like what was it like twenty something bombs, yeah. uh, twenty one last year total. I was like, man, I thought he did way better than that. Yeah, his first half he is sixteen. Yeah, he just kind of fell off, and you know you kind of wonder home run derby. Well, yes, that and <laughs> also that yeah, maybe a little bit of that, but also you know just a year back from you know. Cancer, yeah. like it's just I mean, it, it, long it season. It caught up to him, type of thing. Yeah. Maybe a little more than others, and so um, you know, hopefully, a, a, another year removed from that is you know he can he could put it all together. Um, and at his ADP, I'm I'm all, I'm totally all in. So, uh, so one of the things one of the things I look at homers? one of the things I look at. You mentioned 21 homers. So in 2018, he had 23 doubles and 24 homers. So he had more homers. Mm-hmm. In 2019, he had 38 doubles and 35 homers. 
just just a few more doubles fairly fit you know 50 50. But last year 33 doubles and 21 homers tells me that it may just be that you know that the direction of five of those doubles if it was a you know foot higher a foot left or right would have been homers because the proportion is different right so he may you know, and looking at the expected homers my according to my numbers he had expected around 23. so that was he, he shortchanged a couple and yeah, probably but um yeah I, I think that 21 is a little bit on the low side and you know i've got him you know similar bats and 24 homers this year so we'll see what happens nice yeah. and i'm low uh my friends at rotowire and my friends at baseball hq have them for a couple more. So, yeah. I mean, I need to, need to change that now. Just, yes. <laughs> and ranking. Yeah, Steven's got them for 25. <laughs> I know that. So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to look at the rest. But yeah. All right, AJ, you can move on. All right. So the last question we have here. And I oh, will, sorry. That's I, my question. And my bad. It, 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 it it's was, your question, though. You do it. It's, it's my question because it's stupid silly. Um, and quirky, <laughs> but. That's the way I got to go. So uh, we got to have a little bit of fun with the show. And, and we'll go ahead and say, with your wardrobe in mind, um, we'd like you to select the late round flyer first baseman with the better all around upside by telling us which color socks you're wearing. If they're white, clearly you'd like Andrew Vaughn. If they're red, you prefer Bobby Dalback. What if they're black? <laughs> I like shoeless uh, Joe. Um, yeah, there you go. I, 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 I'm not sure if part of the silliness is you guys know I'm a bona fide, you know, card carrying member of Red Sox Nation or not. Now you specifically, you specifically said upside. Yeah. Now was that was that? I mean, that was by name. If if you specifically want to know upside, it's Dahlbeck, and there's no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, um, that's kind of kind of what we were thinking. And yeah, but you can elaborate however you want. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Vaughn has Vaughn's playing time is probably safer. Uh, it's, but we don't know exactly what the Red Sox are going to do yet. Are they going to bring back Kyle Schwarber? Are they going to sign Suzuki? Although the latest report had Suzuki going elsewhere, is you know is Dahlback going to be a platoon player? The one thing I'll, I'll mention about Dahlback is everybody looks at the strikeout uh, reduction in strikeouts over the second half. If you go even deeper. He handled breaking balls and off-speed pitches much better in the second half, and he, he did it with a strikeout drop, and he hit them with more authority. Now, this was coincidental with Kyle Schwarber coming to town, and there's a lot of anecdotes about working with Schwarber, but it, it's not just the people are saying, well, you know, he can't sustain that level of strikeouts. Well, if you look at the reason why he was handling breaking balls and off-speed pitches better – he was maybe recognizing them better, learning how to pick up the spin, et cetera, et cetera. To me, that's a sustainable skill yeah. change. Yeah. Now, whether you, you, know, you keep it at that level, probably not. But I do think that's a sustainable skill change. So I'm optimistic that Dahlbeck, you know, has adjusted. As you guys know, it's a game of adjustments, not pitchers that just back. And we'll see what happens. But to me, it's going to be the playing time. You know, may, you know, is he going to play a little third, a little first, a little DH, move around? What are the Red Sox going to do when they finally are able to do things again? You know, they they could bring in an Anthony Rizzo. There's a lot of stuff that that That's they could true, do. Yeah. So playing time right now, Andrew Andrew Vaughn has a better lock on it, but I think Dahlback's upside is is huge. Yeah, 
I mean, you're looking at 25 homers last year in 133 games, but only I mean, 453 at bats. Yeah, know, like 20 of those were like from the All Star break on. Yeah, that's it, a, that's an exaggeration, but yeah. But it's absurd. Like, I mean, he he took it, put it all together, and then went with it. So I agree. There's going to be pitchers that are going to have to, you know, revise what they're doing and how they're going to throw to them. Um, but based on what we saw last year, I don't, you know, think he would be one to just fall over with that and be like, oh, well, now now they figured me out. I don't know what I can do. He's going to continue to, uh, you know, change what he needs to do and adapt to what pitchers are doing to try to adapt to him. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, the average definitely hurts you, but, you know, how many people punt average in a five-by-five five league anyways? So. The, other, the other factor is, again, playing time. Tristan mm-hmm. Cassis, or Cassis, I should know how to pronounce it, I'm sorry, is... I was going to yeah, ask about him, yeah. yeah he's, you know, he's, he's sucking on helium. And I don't think, you know, you know Jaron Duran showed, showed, you know, slow the roll, but at least to Red Sox Nation, if he's ready, you know, that where is Dahlback going to play? Is there there is going to be a roster crunch because everybody yeah. thinks Raphael Devers is going to move over, and there's going to who's going to DH and JD Martina, you know. So that to me is mm-hmm. is the key. Is I mean, if they do nothing, there's playing time <laughs> for Dahlback. Yeah, right. I don't think they're going to do nothing. There's too much talent down there to, to not. Too, yeah. to do well, nothing. I think one one or two moves, and they they're right back in there. You know, right back challenging for the division again. I mean, yeah. people forget how close they were, Red Sox were, to being in the World Series. I mean, at one point, everybody had them in there again when they were yeah. crushing with the Grand Slams against Houston. Uh, but then things obviously didn't work out. So then people forget how close they were now. The Stars need to align again. They need to get better. But um, so, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's going to be now. You, you asked about cases. I don't know. I mean, a young kid, he, he just, you know, he's one of those guys that if you, if you draft according to the videos you see on Twitter – you know, he's probably in contention with Vlad for the top first baseman. But we know that's not the case, obviously. Right. Yeah. Uh, so before we finish up, we have a question uh, from one of our writers here, Fantasy Six Pack, Connor. Um, do you think Fantasy League should add a DH position? So I, I'm assuming what he means by this is, is guys who are only DH, or not only, but have DH have eligibility. So, yeah. like, actually play the position, you know. You know, or bat the position, I guess. Yeah, I, um, we've been talking about this on Twitter, in a, or no, I don't know if it's on Twitter and on the Roto Junkies website. I don't think it's necessary. I'm not horribly against, it, especially in a league with two utilities. Maybe you have one catcher and two utilities, or maybe you take away the fifth outfielder and you make it utility, or maybe you make. Yeah corner and middle just to be infielder and add a utility. Yeah. Um, we went through the number, we went through the ALDH, not the DH only, because there's only four or five, but guys that have had 20 games, you could easily uh, draft a DH that, that played 20 yeah. games. Now, yeah. if, if, if he were to get hurt, you know, there, might, the, 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 there may not be so many guys available, but all you need is five games. I, 
I don't think I'm not going to quit a league if my commissioner makes the change, but I'm not going to be the guy pushing for the change either. In a two UT league, I may push for it though. Yeah, I like yeah, the two I, utility I, leagues, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a, that's that's an interesting one. I I don't I haven't looked at the numbers to see like how many guys would actually be DH eligible well, to start it's off coming the season. Up, it's, it's, not it's, a lot. Well, I mean, no, no, <laughs> it'll be way more now. Well, well, it will be. If, oh yeah. Not, no, no. There's a difference between DH only and DHL. You just need twenty games at DH. Yep. Right. And there's a ton of guys that got twenty games at DH. Yeah. So you can easily fill yeah. the position. Now the DH only is different. Not story. DH only, but DH eligible. Is, right. I yeah, think is the, what if you make it a position, wow. you need I twenty games. So, so yeah. I, I, I think you, it, it's a, it's viable. It's, the reason it's coming up is because of the NL and the DH. Right. Uh, but you know, it's viable. It's not. I don't know that it's something I'd push for though. Um, but I, again, I'm not going to push back. I'm not going to. I don't have a reason why it's dumb. You know. Yeah. It, Maybe yeah, maybe we yeah. can just be those old people. We don't like change. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'm kidding. I'm totally well, kidding. I, <laughs> I, well, I mean, I know you're just kidding. But I, I, Tilt Warriors, which I'm part of the board, I, I kind of brainstormed three or four or five of their major changes, you know, from from the from the norm. So I know you're just joking about change, but I I, I, I like change, but I don't like I do it too. for the sake of change. Yeah. I like it if it improves the yeah. game. You know, one of the changes we made, you mentioned utility, in the AL and the NL only, we took the fifth outfielder and we make it a swingman where it could be any hitter or any pitcher. So you could go 13 batters and 10 pitchers in, in the only leagues, not in the mix, but in the only leagues. It's just because the, the reserves got to be so horrible that's but the pitching was still pretty good. So I yeah. think that's a great move for only I, leagues. Especially for streaming um, two-start pitchers. I feel like you could cash in or you could really hurt yourself at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but you're costing yourself a batting spot. But if your yeah, guy's hurt, yeah. I mean, there are, there are weeks, I don't know if you play a 12-team AL or NL only, where you go to the waiver wire because it's not like the corner infielders <laughs> stink. There just aren't any corner eligible players. No, to pick. there's not. Yeah, you know, I've done one or two, yeah, and it's rough. There's no one that's even <laughs> eligible, so it's, not, it's he's lazy. You know, why do you have a zero? It's it's, a, it's an industry league, and you have a zero this week. Well, it wasn't because I was lazy. It's because there's yeah. no one I could pick up. I just yeah. didn't have anyone. <laughs> yeah. All right, Todd. Uh, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. Not thank me for coming on the show. Um, <laughs> As we circle back to my stupidity in the beginning, uh, but uh, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter, and um, you know, just just you know, promote whatever you want to promote. Oh, you can find me at Twitter at Todd Zola, T O D D Z O L A. Um, I talk a lot of baseball. I don't answer a ton of questions. I do that on the Masters Ball forum. So if you actually if you have a question for me, I know I'm old school luddite. Um, get off my lawn, go to my forum. Um, <laughs> I write for Rotowire, write for ESPN. You can hear me on Saturdays on uh, Sirius XM MLB Network Radio, not the Fantasy Channel, but MLB Network Radio. And soon you'll be able to do the, 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 the switch over on Sirius, and we're going to have, um, you know, baseball, knock on wood. But I'll be <laughs> back on Sundays and um, – nice. I, you know, I, I it, it'll, and there will be other days that I will be on uh, doing serious as well. We're finalizing the schedule, but I'm going to be on some some weekdays as well, probably Monday and Tuesday. Great. Awesome. 
Sweet, Looking man. forward we'll to really hearing really you, man. I, I, I definitely listen to my car. That's uh, like my favorite channel when my rest of my family's not there. <laughs> they, they, they don't like it. <laughs> I do, though. Uh, but all right. Thank, thanks again for coming on, all, man. Uh, great, great information, uh, great discussion about catchers and first base and obviously all the uh, NFBC stuff in the beginning. So uh, have a good night, and uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. Thanks, gents. Have a good one. All right. All right see bye. ya. All right, AJ. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, my my uh, my dog just came running down here, and she desperately needs to go outside. Apparently, so uh, I got to yeah. bounce. So okay. we're just gonna close it. See you guys next week. We got for, uh, second base, and uh, we'll. I don't know who the guest is right now, so I'll have to look it up later and let you know. Just check it on Twitter. Peace.